Big Five Global on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hello there and welcome to this, our third episode of the Big Five Global podcast. It is our thought-provoking series on the future of the construction industry. I'm Georgia Tolley and over the next 20 minutes, we are going to be continuing our conversation about how this exciting sector is transforming. And that is, of course, as we count down to the Big Five Global, which will take place from December the 4th until the 7th right here in Dubai. Now last week we looked at net zero cities and the challenges faced by developers who are looking to make their projects both eco-friendly and also attractive for residents and investors. Now this week we're turning our attention to something slightly different. In fact it's to one of my favourite topics, artificial intelligence and how along with robotics it could entirely transform the construction industry. Joining me in the studio to discuss that revolution is Andrew Shaw. He is the chair of the Gulf chapter of the Royal Institute of British Architects and also the managing partner of AMA Design. Andy, fantastic to have you join us here in the studio. Thank you very much for having me. You know what, let's start with a bit of a sort of overview of the construction industry more widely here in the UAE, because obviously in your role as chair of the Gulf chapter at the Royal Institute of British Architects, you've got a really good sort of overview of what's going on, not just here in the UAE, but the wider Middle East as well. Is it a rosy picture, shall we say? I would say yes, it is. Let's <laughs> start with something positive. It is very good. I'd say it's even booming. And yes, through my role, I talk to most of the designers working in the region and I get to understand what they're working on and how busy they are and how optimistic they are. And generally, everybody's very busy. I think there's three pillars for this. One is the property market here has obviously been going up and that's because lots of people have been moving to Dubai over the last year or two. So that's making demand for villas, schools, universities, hospitals, everything. So construction industry busy and hence design industry busy. The other side is in Dubai after 10, 15 years, projects are quite dated uh, technically and visually. So lots of projects are being revisited and renovated. So there's also quite a booming renovation market. The hotels, they have to be refreshed, stay competitive. And likewise, villas have to be made more livable and can be improved from what was built before. And then the, the third pillar, I'd say, is the Saudi market, obviously, is booming with their huge, ambitious plans. And many of the design companies are based here in, in Dubai. All the design consultants are busy working on that, whether it's project management, cost consultancy or, or architecture, interior design. So we've got a really buoyant market at the moment. And long may that continue. Uh, but against this background, we've also got a really fast developing AI sector, artificial intelligence. Of course, it's a new industry. It's a new technology. It's infiltrating every single industry and in every single sector around the world. Are we seeing AI tech already being used in the actual construction process, for example, here in the UAE? I, I can talk about the design side uh, as an architect, and the answer is yes, it, it is. And it is a surprisingly recent thing, a piece of technology. Other technology I've seen in my career come along have been a bit more slower burning. This is really wasn't being used or talked about a year ago, even six months ago, but quite a big change in the software available for designers that has allowed quite a, a change in how people work. It is deployed though, across all parts of the industry in different ways. So on the design side, it's now easier to make 
images to show your designs very quickly to test them. And things like ChatGPT are also used to help move projects along in the generating press releases, documents, checking, proofreading, all kinds of uses come from that as well. And on the technical side, engineering companies, design companies, they're using AI to analyze their designs virtually digitally to try and get better performance out of them. It's interesting you say that even six months ago, there wasn't as much talk about it. Yeah, it's really a phenomenon of this year. And I think it's the, the generative AI software that kind of went public. And simultaneously, the word-based models like ChatGPT and the visual ones, Midjourney, Dali, there's various software doing the same things now that you put words in, you get images out is the, the short version. And it, it can do very impressive things if you, once you know how to use it. You still need so human guidance. You're creating, it's really more like a co-pilot, an assistant, but it, it can save a lot of time. And we did a project just two weeks ago. It would have normally taken us three weeks. We did it in one with the same amount of people. So it's not just a five, 10% improvement. Some tasks really become two or three times quicker. That is very interesting. What was that specific job that you were looking at? Was it the design of a school or the design of a, a building or a neighbourhood? It's confidential, I can't say too much, but it was, a, say, lifestyle leisure facilities on, on an island. Uh, that does sound interesting. Just the idea of, you know, the work only taking you effectively a third of the time. Does that mean that you can see a time when maybe less architects will be needed? Obviously, in my industry... As a journalist, as you know, as a newsreader, as a presenter, I live in constant fear now that I'm going to be replaced by an AI bot effectively. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe for young architects there could be similar concerns? There is that concern and it comes up with every technology. But on the other side, I, I like to be positive. The demand for better buildings, whether it's your own house or an office or school or hospital, is kind of infinite, actually. Everybody would take a better, bigger building with nicer spaces, finishes, better functioning AC and everything and heating. There's always been more work to do. And we didn't talk so much before about the construction side, but that's also going to change, I think, to be a lot, lot quicker, cheaper to get buildings built um, over the next 10, 20 years. The roles that architects and people do, yes, that will change. And I think you have to be very careful to make sure you still have useful skills. I think just what will happen is the tasks that architects, designers do will change because some of them are going to be automated, accelerated by the technology. But it's happened before and people just sort of, they readjust to new requirements where they're needed. There'll probably be more like project management type roles. A lot of the more sort of hands-on information production will probably be made quicker. It's only the first step now. It's now very easy to make images. So it'll be possible to have more complex information controlled by AI. And that will then, again, take up more of the work time to make a building. So I think basically people, the industry will have to realign just to to satisfy the demand for the services. But the way it's produced will change, yes. You describe the software that you use at the moment where you, you you put in words and you get images out. There's so much more complexity to the architect's job, right? You then need to do it to scale and, you know, do tiny little intricate drawings to, you know, make it clear how long a wall should be, for example. Are there systems, AI systems that can do that for you? You know, are they, are they getting into the intricacies and the engineering of that process? That's a very good question for two reasons I'll go into. The second part, the technical side you mentioned, yes, say something quite technical like laying out a car park to get the most car parking spaces in a basement. There's tools now that will start doing that for you rather than something you have to think about it and try lots of things. So a lot of that technical side is also getting improved with AI. In terms of now, if it's so easy to make an image, you do have to question, be more probably skeptical of images you see and say, is that really good architecture or a real thing, or is it just a nice image? 
which probably happens in many other industries too. An experienced good designer will know what's a nonsense image and what is actually something interesting, something potentially a, a good building. Although you can make an image very easily, they're more appealing maybe than they used to be more easily. Their actual value is still questionable. So that's where the skill, the experience comes in. You have to know how to use that and how to make something viable, valuable out of it. So just because something looks good in 2D doesn't mean it'll look good in real life. Yes, although that's been the case long before AI as well. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But you've just got way more inputs, I guess, now. Yes, and it's got even easier to make something look good in 2D, basically. So what do you think our young professionals, because it takes years to become an architect. You know, if you can imagine, it's seven years, isn't it? You can imagine if you started your course three years ago, the picture is going to be entirely different when you emerge from your university degree to how it might have been for when someone graduated the same time as me about you know 25 years ago. So how do you think professionals and, and young people should be reacting to this landscape? I, I do think you have to study AI and learn how to use it because there's a danger you're left behind if it's adopted so broadly. We'll see what happens if it also gets regulated. But I think you have to be aware of it because it's risky not to be. There's a, a theory that you can differentiate yourself by keeping everything more manual and non-AI, non-technical. There'll probably be a minor role for that. But I think, is that the point? Of all the technologies I've encountered in my career, it's the most powerful and kind of ambitious and I think potential game changer for the industry. So I think it's very dangerous to, to not take it on board and le learn how to use it and kind of enter practicing, well, how can we use this? Because lots of the things you wanted us to do a couple of years ago are now so easy to do. What is our role? So I think you have to really be at the forefront of how can we use this to make our built environment and our, our work better. How about the long term? I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. What do you think the industry will look like in the future? I'll explain for you what I think. And I think most people would agree. They just won't agree on when it will happen. Uh, so I think at some point, buildings will be assembled on site, mainly by robots, with very few people. From components assembled off site, a bit like a Tesla factory is now, also mainly by robots, and brought by self-driving cars to site. So basically a very highly automated delivery system made from tools that are still guided by people and designers, but again, heavily tech-reliant and basically assembled a lot quicker and cheaper than they are right now, more easily and safer. Now, the question, is that 40 years away, 20 years away, 10 years away? I would guess more like 15, 20, because a lot of these things are already happening in research, universities, pilot projects and things. But I think if you look at what's going on across the industry and technology, that seems like the inevitable endgame from it. This is something we'll be discussing at Everything Architecture at the Big Five, where I'm moderating a panel talk on AI and how it can be quite a divisive issue. Some people are skeptical, some are very optimistic about where it's going. And this is bound to be a subject we'll be talking about. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed, Andy, for coming in to speak to us. Really, really interesting to hear about that transformative change and just how fast you think it's going to happen. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Right, now sticking with the subject of how AI is impacting the construction sector, because I'm joined by another Andy right here in my Big Five Global Podcast studio. In fact, Andy Bootle is Head of Digital Construction at the construction company, Alec, and it is a great pleasure to have you join us in the studio. How are you? 
Thanks, Georgia. Lovely to, to be with you. Really looking forward to today. Yeah, well, it's great to continue a theme, uh, not just of Andes, but also of AI in the construction mm-hmm. sector. And we have already heard a great deal about how the industry really is modernising and yeah. modernising at pace. But what does that actually look like on the shop floor from your perspective? Yeah, good question. In the last probably decade, construction has finally been quite rapid with its approach to modernisation. When you look at other industries, we are still quite low down in the league table of digitalization but you know it's a huge complex industry with so many different players in the last few years certainly there's a there's a big focus on information data specifically structured information exploiting that and understanding how to manage it which um, which is unlocks the potential for so many other things we're trying to do so your team probably getting bigger then what type of data specifically are we talking about so yeah, so information about the things we're constructing. I mean, traditionally, information's buried in PDF documents. You know, that's how we've operated for so many years as an industry, moving from paper to PDF uh, and unstructured information. But now we're, you know, we've got whether it's uh, the performance of a particular piece of equipment, whether it's the grade of concrete, whether it's the the maintenance regime on a, a handling unit, whatever it is, you know, having that data structured where it can be machine readable, can automate some processes based on structured information. So it starts to drive efficiency and gives us real insights into that, that data if it's managed properly. So it's everything from stress testing a wall to stress testing a machine, ultimately. Yes. And, and uh, really, we're just trying to get better at managing that information through the whole life cycle of um, assets. So right from the uh, the concept, the design, all through to delivery, handover, then crucially in operation of, of buildings. So so they actually you know, perform for the inhabitants, for the public. So do you get a sense that at the moment this data is sort of being absorbed? You're sort of just putting it into the machine learning process and that in the coming years you're then going to get the sort of output of that, that you're getting, you'll get the build. Yeah, uh, of, the benefits. Of the benefits, the yeah. Outcomes. Yeah, to a point and then... Again, I said earlier, it's, it's, I mean, it's so complex because when you look at look down the supply chain, you know, there's so many different organisations, all with varying capabilities. Everyone's on the journey, but they're in at different points typically. So, especially when you go to the small, medium enterprises, I wish there's so many. You know, getting that consistent. Now, fundamentally, we work as work as a big project team or delivery teams. So you're you're only really as good as the weakest link. So something I'd quite focused on is trying to you know let's not run before we can walk. We must keep looking at the the foundations and the and getting the basics as good as they can be to then build all the all the cool stuff on top. Like digital twinning, AI is obviously going to completely revolutionise what we do. But you know if it's if it's learning off bad data, what are we going to get? Is that sort of going at pace here in the UAE, or is it such a globalised? sector that it sort of doesn't matter if we press on in Dubai and become incredibly technologically advanced because ultimately if you're dealing with an SME from Bogota then they need to be updated as well. Yeah absolutely and and, you know it's it's an international supply chain more often than not here so which is why things like industry standards are so important so you know if if there's an international standard and everyone's familiar and competent and understands it then you know it doesn't matter your geography we can all work fundamentally to the similar process and it's repeatable and we get better at it but yeah like, i mean the uae's uh, the industry here is is very advanced uh, the same challenges no matter where your geography i do like the vision and the, the real passion and and people do want to do things better faster it is interesting how the uae sort of pushes itself forward in that situation of course there is a sort of potential fly in the ointment, you could suggest. So while the construction industry is is pressing ahead on digitalising these strategies, 
What type of impact is that going to have on staffing, for example? We were just uh, chatting to Andy about architecture and design. And and although he was very determined to be positive about the sector, there was no doubt that he's actually seen a project which would normally take him three weeks reduced to one week, thanks to, for example, chat GPT. And that just means you don't need as many architects reading between the lines. Do you think we might see the same thing in the construction sector? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I think it it probably you know the more you can automate and and give to machines the more you can free up humans to do the things that humans are good at so you know decision making some of the things the machines can't do necessarily or certainly can't do yet hopefully i think it more augments what we do and and helps us in our daily activities rather than takes jobs away albeit there will be jobs that obviously that the manual repetitive jobs will probably end up going Uh, but then you know why can't those people then service those robots or whatever you know it will create new jobs as well to replace so it's all part of just modernization i think i'm not too scared about it it's exciting that's good no no an upbeat (laughs) outlook is is so important in these types of things and that is you know what's going to drive forward this sort of uh, revolution in Mm -hmm. many ways how about the idea of, you know, there's various different elements in the construction sector, but one of the major ones, and actually it's one of the ones that my husband works on quite a bit because uh-huh. he's a construction lawyer. You know, how do you think all this data is going to impact on the contracts mm. and the agreements that you sign? That's all. I'm going to watch my words carefully now, since your husband's in a lawyer. No, I mean, uh, and again, I, I'm not by no means a legal expert, but not, not at all. But um, where we're trying to push and modernise how we, we operate you know, and work collaboratively as an industry and as, as teams that almost has a the traditional contracts that we're bound to that sets the rules for engagements and ultimately the behavior when you know things things get really tough and you have to go back to the contract and the two kind of meet in the middle and, and it almost feels to me in in the role I'm doing trying to encourage collaboration modernize how we do things and and try and support teams to do that it almost held back by these traditional contracts that we're bound by that are really confusing are written in quite they're not written in plain language. You have to read something 10 times to actually understand what it's saying. And it's just not really, it's built for dispute as opposed to collaboration. Um, so so that, that is a challenge. I don't have the answer to that. And I don't think anyone does at the moment, but it is something you feel needs to change. We'll be discussing this on a panel at the Big Five Future Tech Summit on the 6th of December. So often those types of construction disputes <clears throat> come down to, for example, the efficacy of a certain joint or the efficacy of a certain machine that you've built to operate, for example, in the oil and gas sector. So the hope is, I suppose, that if you end up with more data and it's you know, it's easier to process that yes. data that you could end up in a situation where disputes are much, you know, much faster to yeah, resolve. Absolutely, yeah. And, and and again, it comes back down to information management that I said earlier. You know, if, if you've got an accurate audit trail of when things happened, why they happened, and based on what information, then, you know, the, the, the dispute is shouldn't really be there. It's black and white. But again, the challenge we've had as an industry is we t- traditionally we're quite poor at managing information. And, then, and again, this is potentially where AI can come and help us because it can start to analyse based on data sets and start to learn and maybe even predicts you know when there's an outcome that could be bad for everyone you know it's coming and then it could could show us that potentially then my husband will be out of a job but at least (laughs) i've got one thank you very much absolutely fascinating discussion thanks for your time andy good to have you here thank you thank you
That's Andy Bootle, Head of Digital Construction at the construction company Alec. And this has been our third episode already of the Big Five Global Podcast. Now, we have many more to come. Please do make sure you subscribe because you can download a new episode every single Friday. To register for Big Five Global at the World Trade Center from the 4th to the 7th of December, head to bigfiveglobal.com.